Bible says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Lord, I pray that you would bless this message this morning. Thank you for music, for this uh, privilege and ability you've given to us to worship you in song. I pray, Lord, now that we come to the most important part of any service, the Word of God and the preaching of the Word of God. I pray, Lord, if there's somebody in this room that's not for sure that they know you, they're not for sure that they're going to heaven, they don't have that relationship with you, I pray, Lord, that today they would make that decision to put their faith in you to be saved. I pray, Lord, for the Christians in this room, people who have been saved, that you would help us as we learn a little bit here this morning about prayer and who we're to pray for. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you. Who is on your prayer list? Now, a prayer list is something that you have going, probably a written list of people that you're praying for. I love Miss Judy this morning uh, gave me this nice little journal, and I had been needing something just for a prayer list. I have a journal that I write a lot of things in, and in the back I was keeping a prayer list, but it was hard. It was getting a little uh, uh, disorganized, and so I got a nice journal this morning, so I already started taking prayer requests, so this is going to work for me, but uh, if you have a, a prayer list, maybe not written down, you haven't gotten that habit yet, or you probably at least have one in your mind, a mental prayer list. People that when you go to God in prayer, our theme in 2021 is a big focus on prayer and how important it is. You've got some people that you'd probably pray for. Now, right off, it'd probably be immediately your family, right? People in your family that are going through something. After that, it'd be your friends, people that you love. Whenever I pray, I'm going to immediately pray for Kara, Joy, Noel, and Luke. First people I'm going to pray for, my wife and kids. And then it would go out from there, people that are sick, but there's typically somebody that needs to be on your prayer list that most of us are not going to have. And it's going to be the least likely person that we would ever pray for. The verses we just read were the words of Jesus. If you've got one of those uh, printed Bibles that have the words of Christ in red, uh, it's just a, an easy way to glance and see who's talking. And if it's Jesus, it's in red. And all of this is in red in, in my Bible. Uh, and it's, it's Jesus speaking. It's Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And he's trying to teach his disciples and the people listening how they ought to live, how the Christian life ought to be. And he said, one person or one group of people that you ought to pray for is your enemies. Your enemies. Now, who does Jesus say to pray for? Look, number one, I want you to see what you've heard in your notes, your outline, if you're filling in the blanks, what you've heard. So in verse 43, Jesus says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Now, that's, that's pretty common, right? I think if you talk to most people today, they would agree with that. Yeah, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Back here in the Bible times, neighbor didn't necessarily just mean people living on either side of you. Like if you bring a prayer request for a neighbor today, it'd be somebody maybe on your street or, or on touching property with you, your neighbor. Back here to the Jewish person, neighbor meant another Jew. But Jesus expanded that. You remember the parable of the Good Samaritan? How the, how, how the uh, 
they were crossing uh, racial boundaries and saying, everybody's your neighbor. Jesus is saying, everybody that you see, that's your neighbor. Treat them uh, the right way. And so he's saying, even, though, even so, you want to treat your neighbor right and hate your enemies. Now, now, where were they getting that? Jesus said, you have heard, you have heard. In uh, Leviticus 19.18, it's an Old Testament verse, what he might have been referring to, it says, it's in your notes, thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, I am the Lord. So that's in the Bible, right? That's a direct quote from the Old Testament. Jesus was saying, you've heard this, and indeed they had. But what about that next part in verse 43? Look again, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Now, there's no such commandment in the Old Testament to hate your enemy. So where did they get that? They got it from the teaching as it kind of evolved in Judaism, kind of a natural flip of the coin. So if you're going to love your neighbor, well then, obviously we're going to hate our enemies, <laughs> right? And it, it just makes sense. You know what? It's a natural thing to do. If somebody is against you, you're just naturally going to grow to be against them, aren't you? Now, I mean, you're very, very spiritual, I know, in this room, but you understand. Can I get a little nod? Like, I'm not the only carnal person here. If somebody's against you and fighting you, you're going to maybe fight a little bit back, and you're not going to look for ways to bless them. But Jesus said, that's what you've heard. You've heard you're supposed to love your neighbor. Sure, of course we're supposed to love our neighbor. But you've heard that you're supposed to hate your enemy. Uh, and uh, it wasn't true, but that was the common teaching. So Jesus said, here's what you've heard, but let me tell you what you ought to do. Number two, he said, you've got to love your enemies. In verse 44, Jesus said, but I say unto you, love your enemies. And we'll just pause right there. Now, the command to love your neighbor is in the Old Testament, but there is no precedent anywhere explicitly like that for the command to love your enemies now there were times in the old testament where people were kind to their enemies uh you think of and i believe i put these in your notes you think of a david when he spared saul's life in the cave remember saul went in there to relieve himself and david and his men were hiding in the cave and it was dark and saul had been trying to kill david pursuing him and david let him go and then once he was far enough away down the mountain and everything, he emerged and said, I could have killed you, but I didn't. So that's kindness. But it wasn't out of love for Saul. It was because he didn't want to touch God's anointed and disobey God. There's verses in Proverbs, Proverbs 25, verses 21 through 22. If thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. So it's, being, it's command to be kind to your enemies, but not because you love them. It's a strategy to deal with them. It says right there in Proverbs, if you look in your notes, it'll heap coals of fire upon their head. So if you do something nice to your enemies, it's just going to tick them off and the Lord's going to be happy. So it's a win-win. So it's more of a strategy. It's not out of love. I remember when I was maybe 11th, 12th grade, I don't know, there was this particular person, this female in my youth department that was just, we had a pretty big youth department and it was a lot of Christian school kids. So, you know, a lot of I don't know, clicks and stuff. So anyways, but there was this uh, girl and her friend that was just so cruel and just so just always just weird and nasty and I, don't, I didn't understand it. And so uh, I was, you know, pretty happy-go-lucky at that time and just thought everything was hilarious. And so I got her a huge gift basket with like all these health foods, everything that she would like and huge. And I brought it to her at church and you should have seen her face. She was like, um, thank you. And I heaped coals of fire upon her head. And I said, you know, I'm just thinking about you when, uh, when you have a good day. And it was awesome. Okay. But I didn't do that out of love, right? I didn't do it because I loved this person. I should have based on these verses, but it was just a strategy for dealing with people who were just antagonistic. 
But in the New Testament, Jesus says, here's what you've heard. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. There are strategies for dealing with, with your enemy to be kind and everything. But here's what I want you to do is to love your enemy. Now, that's hard enough to understand for an interpersonal relationship. Somebody who's decided to be your enemy and is against you. But you think about these Jewish people he was talking, uh, talking to here. They are literally part of the Roman Empire here. Everybody that is ruling over them is their enemy. These Gentile Romans treated them poorly. They took advantage of them with taxes. He's going to mention publicans here in a minute, which were tax collectors, which are bad enough, but these tax collectors took more than they were even supposed to, and what they were supposed to take was already a lot. And they were just under oppression everywhere. See, when the Romans would take over uh, a, another kingdom or another empire or something, they, they really wouldn't dissolve everything. They would just absorb it. And so the Jewish people, that's why you see like the Sanhedrin ruling, but, but ruling under the Roman government and going to Pilate because they couldn't put any, anybody to death. You know, Rome was in charge, but they let them kind of do their thing. But, but, but make no mistake, they were really in, in bondage here. They were under the yoke of the Roman Empire. And so these Jewish people who were looking for the Messiah to set up their physical kingdom, he said, not throw off the chains of the enemy, but here's what you ought to do. You've heard this. Here's what I'm telling you. Love your enemies love your enemies certainly um uh, it's it, that would have been difficult to hear but look what he says further and by the way one reason we there's a lot of reasons and it could be a lot of sermons one reason we love the king james uh bible i'll give you one example in verse 44 most uh most versions go from love your enemies straight to pray for those which persecute you and you miss a lot in the middle they omit a lot uh, you miss a lot of the meaning uh, but in your King James Bible, that's why I asked you if, on your phone just to get the full sermon here. Love your enemies. And the King James goes on, bless them that curse you. Do you know what that means? That means literally if somebody curse, curse it would mean they wish you harm. Like drop dead or something like that. Something similar to that. Uh, a, a spirit of I want bad stuff to happen to you. I wish ill upon you. What you're supposed to respond sincerely, not like sarcastic, but I hope you have a great day. <laughs> there was, there was, there was one, one kid I used to know that whenever uh, somebody would, would like trash him or, or make fun of him or something, he would say, Jesus loves you. And he would just say in just a way like, Jesus loves you. And then, you know, that's not really out of love either. But sincerely, what he's saying, do the exact opposite of what your flesh wants to do. What seems natural to you? Naturally, if somebody curses you, I hope you die. Like, well, I hope you die. And no, that's not what you're supposed to do. Somebody wishes ill upon you, you should be nice to them. You should bless them. Like, I, hope, I hope your family is prosperous. I hope everything is good sincerely. So uh, he says, uh, bless them that curse you. The next phrase in verse 44, do good to them that hate you. Now hate a lot of times when you see it in the Bible means just to love less or in the comparison. But here we know from context, from looking around what the rest of the verse is saying, hate actually means what we understand it to mean. Those who hate you, do good to them. Look for ways to be a blessing to your enemies. Number three, Pray for your enemies. Number three, pray for your enemies. Who's on your prayer list? You know who needs to be on your prayer list? Your enemy. The people that are against you. Now, here's, I think it's a good time to talk about who your enemy is. Now, your enemy is not somebody with whom you have a feud. Like, it's give and take, give and take. Like, they've got a good reason to be annoyed by you or antagonistic, somebody you've wronged. That's a totally different sermon. But your enemy here means somebody who is against you for no good reason. Maybe they're against you because of your stand for Christ. Maybe they're against you for really something that, that you don't understand. And you have sincerely gone about, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything, have I offended you? And you've gone through all that in the most spiritual way possible. 
and you look back, you've not wronged them, you've not defrauded them or anything at all, and yet they're still antagonistic towards you. This would happen a lot of times just for your Christian stand. You love the Lord, you, uh, you don't do certain things, and they kind of are intimidated by that. They call you a holy man or something, and, and, and they would be your enemy. So for whatever reason, it's somebody who is against you for no good reason. That would be your enemy. There are uh, some people, maybe when you're driving, and somebody honks the horn. I've noticed that people have different first reactions when they hear somebody honk the horn. Some people are, are oh, I'm sorry. Like, they'll say, I'm sorry. I go, so what did I do? And they'll look around, make sure their high beams aren't on, make sure they didn't get in the wrong lane or anything. Other people, as soon as they hear the horn honk, they'll be like, what's your problem, guy? And it's their fault. And I don't know how you are, but, but the, the, the enemy would be, just for the sake of a silly illustration, the enemy would be, you're doing the speed limit, hopefully like a couple miles more. I mean, come on, real world here. Um, like go, like people have places to be. Um, and you're, you're going the right speed, okay, the proper correct speed, and, uh, and you've not done anything wrong, and somebody just gets up on you and starts honking the horn. There's nothing you could do. There's nothing, he's not trying to get your attention to help you out. Your enemy, okay? So you're living your life, you're doing the right thing, you're walking with God, and you've got somebody against you. So that would be your enemy. So you're supposed to, again, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them. Pray for them which despitefully use you. Now, that's not something that we would normally say. I doubt most of us this last week said despitefully, <laughs> you know, in, in like conversation. But despitefully means violent and angry hatred, malice, disposition to injure others without a cause, with no provocation, with no reason. It means that you don't deserve it. It means that people against you for no reason you don't deserve it are going against you you know what we're supposed to do we're supposed to pray this word love here it is an action verb when you love it is always going to produce action it's the kind of love that doesn't exist without action you can't love somebody without something happening from it so you look at it again it's love your enemies and then you're going to do some things bless do good pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you pray for them you know prayer is the most powerful thing you can do for anybody and it takes a real spiritual surrender to the holy spirit away from our flesh when somebody is doing us wrong actively doing us wrong or our family or something to take them to the lord in prayer and say lord i pray that you would bless this person <laughs> i mean that's pretty serious now if it, it, it would have it would have blown away the people all the, i mean all of the sermon on the mount here would have just blown away the people listening it's such a spiritual way of living and the christian should be different from the world you say that's just weird that's not natural yeah it's pretty radical it's pretty radical he said you should love your enemies like sure you're supposed to love your friends love your neighbors love your enemies that's what god wants you and me to do now i'm convicted right now are you all convicted anybody convicted in here have thine own way lord you know that's that's serious because our flesh is still with us we're saved but we still have that nature that wants to do wrong and every time somebody gets in our way or tries to mess up our plans or go against us our our response is right back at you buddy let's go right but no that's not what god wants you to do god wants you to surrender because really why are we here we're not here to pave our own way and to, to just get it done here in life. My favorite, one of my favorite things to say is, let's go, let's go. That's not why we're here. We're here to reach people for Christ. That's the only reason we're here on this earth. I mean, that is literally the reason the church is left. And so before you 
pop off. I mentioned that, that phrase in Sunday school. Before you pop off on somebody uh, that's, that's wronged you, remember why you're here. That is to reach them for Christ. And if you can respond like Jesus would respond to them, blessing them, doing good to them, not matching them, but responding Christ-like, that can go a long way towards reaching them for the Lord. It really can. And so that's what Jesus said. So uh, number four, so why are we supposed to do this? Why are we supposed to do this? Why we pray for our enemies? Why? Why? Look at verse 45. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So, so what does that mean? Does that mean that if you act like Jesus, you're going you're gonna to be saved? No, no, no. Here's what he's saying. You want to be like your Father, you're going to do this. You want to reflect the character of God in your life, you're going to do what I just said here. Because look, he says, He maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. You know that every single day, every single moment, all the time, God's grace is being dumped in heaps upon everybody in the world. All, always, all the time. Imagine this. You got a farmer who is a Christian man. He walks with God. He loves people. He goes to church. He's kind. He's good in his dealings. He needs rain for his farm. He prays for rain. You've got a neighboring farm that touches property. This guy, this farmer, uh, hates God. He mocks God. Uh, you know, doesn't go to church, has not accepted Christ, is rude and all that stuff. God sends rain. Where does the rain fall? On the good farmer's land? On the bad farmer's land? Bo- both, right? It, it, just, it just falls. And every single day, everybody in Henderson County right now, uh, when they leave and they leave here or they uh, get up or whatever and they go out this afternoon if they're hungry, you know, they can be guaranteed they're going to go to Ingalls and there's going to be food there. There's, it's, there's always been. There is food available. Why? Because God, in His grace, will send rain on the just and on the unjust. God knows somebody who will not accept Him for their entire life, and yet He'll give them opportunity after opportunity as they grow old and they pass away in old age, opportunity after opportunity to accept Him. He'll give that person breath after breath. He'll keep that uh, tumor away from their body. He'll keep any uh, germ that will be detrimental away from them and give them a long life. Why? That's grace. That's grace. He gives everybody an opportunity to accept Him. He gives everybody that, that measure of grace. He really does. I mean, right now, if you don't think you're living under grace, just look around, man. Look around. You, you all can see me this morning, and uh, you all walked here, and it, you know, depending different levels maybe of that, and, but, but you all can think. You can listen to me right now. You probably had some food today. If not, you're probably getting grumpy. We'll be done in just a couple minutes, uh, but you know, you will. You, you will have food today, I assume, you know, but you can if you, you, you have that option. If you're hungry, I give you some food, you know, uh, but we have that grace poured out upon our lives, and so God says, Jesus said, if you want to be like God, this is what you're going to do. Be kind to everyone. Love your neighbors, love your enemies. Easy, hard. Easy to do, impossible, but for walking in the Holy Spirit. But for submitting to Christ. Bless them that curse you. I mean, bless them that bless you. Hey, have a good day. You too, have a good day. Hey, I hope you rot today. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> like, I love you, brother. You know, I love, you know, hope you have a good day. You know, that, that takes real effort. And to pray, pray for your loved ones. 
Lord, I, I pray today for my family. I pray that you'd help them to uh, draw close to the Lord. I pray you'd help me be a good leader. I pray you'd help me be a good father, a good husband. I prayed for them today. Pray for whoever it is that's, that's against you. I pray the same thing. I pray that you would bless them today. I pray that you'd help me to be a blessing. And I don't have any enemies in this room. I don't think I didn't pray for any of you like that. But, you know, but whoever it is, whoever it is that is against you, that's the person that should be right up there with everybody else. That's amazing. How? Why? To be like the Lord. To be just like the Lord. Keep reading. For if ye love them, verse 46, which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. It said you want to be different to make a difference. You've got to be different in order to make a difference. He said if, if you're just going to love the people that love you, the publicans do that. And the publicans a lot of times in the New Testament, you'll notice, was like the standard for a sinner. The publican was a tax collector. Because like I said, they would collect tax, but they would collect more than was necessary and keep the difference and so that was like the example of a sinner <laughs> and so he said even the publicans do that even the publicans love them that that love you that's not going to set you apart verse 47 and if you salute your brethren only what do ye more than others do not even the publicans so if you just uh, say hey buddy to your best friends or to your family or people you like you salute them hey hope you have a good day everybody does that man everybody does that you're a nice person to people that are nice to you of course but what will set you apart for christ is to be good to those that are against you. Verse 48, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now that word perfect, a lot of times uh, the Bible uses that word, and it doesn't mean sinless perfection, but it means complete or mature or full grown. So he's saying as you're growing in the Lord, in your faith, be just like the Lord in this area. Just like the Lord gives people opportunities and loves them grace after grace, you do the same thing. Now this morning, this, this, is, this is a hard sermon. It's hard to implement. It's, it's, I guess it's easy to preach, it's easy to talk about, it's real hard to do. It, it's easy to pray for like an offering or pray before your food, like, like Lord bless this food our body, amen. That's easy. I mean it's really easy. You almost do it without thinking, really. But to get down on your knees between you and the Lord and pray for those people that have chosen to be your enemy, that takes real work. That takes Holy Spirit like leading stuff. That takes supernatural power of the Lord. It does. And you can do it this morning through the power of the Holy Spirit. This morning, if you're not saved, you don't have that power of the Holy Spirit yet. If I were to ask you, you die today, you know that you would go to heaven then if you have been saved, you've asked God to save you, put your faith in Him, you'll be able to say yes. But if there's a doubt in your mind, you know God's grace has brought you to this point, to this moment, to listen to the gospel being preached. You know, all of us have a sin problem. We all, I mentioned it just now, how we want to respond like a sinner. All of us have that sin problem. And that sin destines us, we've earned a place in a literal uh, firing uh, place called hell, reserved for the devil and his angels. We deserve to go there. But God in His mercy sent for everyone His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. He was crucified. Last Sunday we celebrated. He rose again. He's alive today. And He did all of that out of grace so you and I could be saved and right with God. If you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, you've never been saved, this morning you can do that. It's something really simple like this. And it's no spooky prayer in the Bible, it's not some, some special formula or things you've got to do. Really, it's the opposite of doing anything. It's putting your faith alone, not works, faith alone in Jesus Christ. 
It's accepting him by faith. It's just like, like a trust fall, falling back. It's just like me sitting in that chair. I just, I know that it's going to hold me up. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. When I was little, I was led in a prayer, something like this, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I know that I deserve a place in hell because of my sin. I know I'm a sinner. But I know that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, with his perfect blood to die on the cross for my sins, and he rose again, and he made that way for me to be saved, having eternal life, if I just put my faith in him. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I remember I prayed that prayer. My parents showed me from the Bible some verses and said, do you understand that? I said, yes, they led me in that prayer. And it wasn't the words of the prayer necessarily. It's what it meant. It's what it meant from the heart. And ever since that day, I know the Holy Spirit moved in. And I've not been perfect. I sure haven't been perfect, right? Somebody honks the horn. You can tell I'm not perfect, not perfect, but I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. I know I've got a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Nothing to do with me. Nothing. I mean, it couldn't be any less of me. All the grace of God, the faith I put in Jesus Christ, he promised he'd save me. Uh, let's have heads bowed and eyes closed, if you would, please. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Brother Sam's going to play a hymn of invitation right here. And, and in just a moment, in just a minute, we're going to stand. And there'll be a time when we call the invitation. Now, the invitation just means that you've got an opportunity to respond in your heart to the message. Maybe God's uh, put something on your heart that, that you want to put into practice this week. Maybe you're not saved. You don't know if you're going to heaven when you die. Man, that would be the most awesome thing if you would get saved today. The best thing. In just a minute, when I have you stand, if you don't know for sure you're going to heaven when you die, would you please... Just look me in the eye. Come forward. There'll be some people ready to show you from the Bible how you can know for sure before you leave this room you're going to heaven when you die. Settled for all of eternity to be God's child.